We all do it. We scroll through our feeds, seeing people who have been in and out of our lives. We see their causes, beliefs, and sometimes even a moral compass, show-offs. I don't know about you, but I'm interested in the story behind the pictures. I think it's time to have a conversation. Well, ever since um, he wrote in my eighth grade yearbook, my guest this week has been a friend of mine. (laughs) We remain friends all through high school and college and two stints of him being in Afghanistan serving with the United States Army. I admire the man he is. I'm so thankful to call him a friend and this week's guest. Um, Welcome, Matt. (laughs) Hey, Tala. (laughs) Thanks. Um, I guess I've always called you Riggs or Riggsy, so it's weird using like your proper name, but <laughs> well, <laughs> that's okay. Like the proper, you can go old school, whatever works. All right, perfect. Well, I reached out um, to Matt last November when I wanted to do a series of conversation around loss um, because he experienced some heartbreak of his own in 2013. And we never really got to talk about that part of your life. So I just wanted to honor you, your family, and of course, your brother, David, um, yeah. or as I and so many others used to refer to him as Little Riggsy. So if you <laughs> wouldn't mind, why don't you tell um, the listeners about David and the tragedy that shook your family? Yeah, of course. Um, well, thanks for the intro. Um, yeah. So David... He was my youngest brother and, you know, I mean, really just kind of getting right to it. So I was in Afghanistan. It was 2013 and this was the, the, my second deployment. Um, and, you know, just getting up every day, you know, doing the work that I always did. It was, you know, we usually work 12 hour, 14 hour days. Um, and you just kind of getting that, that zone, right. And you just kind of, you think everything is, is okay, uh, you know, at home and you just, you know, you don't really expect anything bad to happen. Yeah. Um, at least you, you hope, of course, right? And um, I just got a, an email from Randy, my wife, Randy, mm-hmm. about how I just had to, you know, I had to give them a call, like, it was about my brother. And, like, instantly, I just, I didn't quite, I didn't quite know what happened. But I knew, I knew it was bad because if, if she was reaching out to me that, <clears throat> like that, um, you know, must have been something bad. So mm-hmm. I called Randy and, you know, talked to my dad and, you know, they just said David had been in a really bad accident and, you know, can, you know, can you come home? Can you get home as soon as you can? They didn't really give me a lot of details. And I, I think part of that was to protect me because getting from Afghanistan to Minnesota is, is, is a process. You don't just fly there the same day. So it actually yeah. took me about four days to get home. What um, is that process? Like what? Yeah. I mean, you're depending on where you're located in, in country, you have to get transportation out from wherever you're at. Luckily I was at one of the larger air bases. Mm-hmm. So I was able to just, you know, fly from the air base to Kuwait and then go from there to uh, the United States. But the, the weather at the time was, was, uh, was, basically it's just a huge sandstorm so the mm-hmm. flights were just ground for like two days so i was stuck in kuwait for like two days once i got there um oh my gosh yeah so that that was not fun i mean the whole time just knowing like something bad happened something's really going like, on i don't know details like yeah, yeah I, I literally did not eat for like four days um didn't eat barely slept and landed in minnesota and um went directly from the airport to Regions Hospital where my brother was and just, you know, saw my family, saw everybody and they just told me like David wasn't going to make it basically. Um, Oh my God. So I still didn't quite know what the details were at that point. Um, Then we went up to see him and yeah, it's been it's been six years now, but it's still uh, it's still very much like it was yesterday when I it's when I get fresh. into this. Show. It's always yeah. going to be, yeah. Yeah, so went up to see him. He was, uh, you know, he had, he hadn't passed it. He was still on life support, and um, basically what happened was he was on his scooter. He had like a motor scooter, and he would. <laughs> David was just, I mean, you remember David. He was just He's like the, funny. Oh my gosh. So funny. 
funniest kid. So just this kid just like cruising around on a scooter in Oakdale, like just going to all his friends' houses, you know, yeah. waving at people, you know, waving at people out, you know, around around town and you know, that was him, just like full life, just funny. Just making kid. the world better. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, I mean, he was he was um always volunteering in something, um, always involved in the community, always helping his friends. Like, yeah. I, if if you if you knew David and and so many people did and when when um, when people learned about his passing just the the sheer like volume of people that kind of came out from different places that we didn't necessarily know ourselves but they knew him it was pretty staggering so just just seeing that like that impact he had on people's lives um, it was you know I mean not that it's like easy to to go through that time but it was helpful knowing like how you know how much people oh, cared about him. Yeah, the yeah. outpouring was tremendous yeah. for sure. Yeah, and how much he cared about other people. So yeah, anyway, that spoke really highly of him for sure. Yeah, yeah. So he was on his scooter and he was um, turning back into trying to turn back into the driveway at our house that we grew up in, mm-hmm. and uh, this kid was driving and texting. So he wasn't looking at the road; he was texting, and he just ran right into David with his car, and David fell, hit his head. Um, and you know that pretty much instantly knocked him out and he had a lot of swelling in his head and you know they obviously got him to the hospital as quickly as possible um they tried everything they could but there's just there's just nothing they could do so the swelling was just too too severe the brain damage was too severe um so that then we made the decision to take david off life support and that was that was the last day uh, that i had with him um we all were there you know into his last moments of his life and um i can't even really describe what that was like it was like the most like unimaginable experience i've ever had i mean i've been next to you know people who have passed and things like that and um but this was just something of its own um so that that happened um i went back to my unit in georgia and immediately kind of had to like get back to work. I, I didn't have any leave left. I used all my leave to uh, come home. Um, luckily, I had a really wow. supportive team. Yeah, so luckily I had a really supportive team and I <laughs> I showed up to PT. So PT is physical training in the Army. I showed up to PT at 630 like I normally do. And and I just kept, I was just out of it. I really just didn't have any like, you know, physical like means to like <laughs> do the normal stuff we would yeah. normally do. You know, I just like you're like essentially like a shell of yourself at that point. I would assume like you just don't even know like what's going on. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, my whole family's in Minnesota. I'm down here in Georgia. Like, I literally just got back from Afghanistan, so I didn't really have like that. Usually, we have like a transition period, and there's like, you know, there's like some briefings, and you get some time at home with your family, and it's supposed to be like a a fun time when you like get to come home from your appointment and like enjoy you know enjoy the time being home, and Obviously, that was not, you know, my no. transition time um, at all. So I just, I just kind of told my boss, I was like, you know, sir, I, I, I need a little bit of time. <laughs> yeah. It's just not, uh, you know, not, not, not doing too well, honestly. Um, so they, they did kind of work with me and gave me some time on it, and um, eventually that kind of led to my decision to leave active duty and come back to Minnesota. I, I, I knew that I probably wasn't going to do 20 full years on active duty, but I think I probably would have stayed in for at least four more years at that time. Okay. Um, but I just, you know, kind of accelerated the process a little bit and to be closer to friends and family and back home. And, you know, I, I just kind of needed that structure, I guess. Um, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I would think so. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised so I, that I you even had to go like, back to Georgia. I didn't realize that. Oh yeah, yeah. When when I graduated from Mankato, um, my duty station was Fort Stewart, Georgia. And actually, um, so Fort Stewart is about thirty minutes from Savannah, Georgia. Have you ever been to Savannah? I haven't, but everyone says it's like picturesque and amazing. It is. List. It is amazing. <laughs> and, and I was like, I never thought I'd like Georgia, but yeah, that was actually really cool. We lived in Savannah for like four years and. Um, we miss that a lot. I think we're definitely going to spend a lot of time there throughout our lives. Um, yeah, so that that's uh, pretty much what happened. And then I moved back to Minnesota in 2014 and 
uh, here I am five years later. So. Wow. Wow. I want to talk a little bit about the day that everything happened. I know you were in Afghanistan, so I know I don't want you to have to like speak for anybody, but were your yeah. parents home when the accident took place or who yes, was there? They were. Um, they were. And actually from their perspective is, is probably the worst because they actually heard everything. They heard the crash <sighs> and uh, my dad went out there and um, yeah, he was just, absolutely devastated obviously um he had to hold david there and tried to you know try to wake him up and so yeah they were, they were there they were home it's like every parent's worst nightmare absolutely yeah wow wow were neighbors helpful in getting him transported or you know, I mean, I know you that's a good so. question i get Obviously, I wasn't there, but um, yeah. I would imagine so. Like our our next door neighbor Dennis, he was very like he was always out in the neighborhood and just kind of keeping an eye on things. So I I bet he did help. I guess that's not a question I've asked. Though. I I probably should yeah. ask. Just I, I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> no, I was just asked curious, that. just because like yeah. yeah, I remember hanging out at like y'all's house in um, high school and stuff like that. And you guys just your family is so good and so involved in so many things. Like you came from you come from such a good family, and so I can just imagine that you know your yeah. neighbors would echo that statement too. So I just I can't even imagine. Absolutely. And, you know, after everything happened and we had a ceremony for him in our house, it was kind of like, it was like a kind of candle lighting ceremony and there were hundreds of people that showed up from the neighborhood. So just in, in that sense, yeah, the community was definitely involved and they still are to this day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when you were in Afghanistan and you got that email, what, um, what process did you have to go through? Like, did you just have to go like, ta- like, I'm sorry, I'm, I don't want to sound ignorant or like, I, I just yeah. don't know like what the process is for you yeah. to have to like go through it's, something like that. There is, there is a kind of a, a formalized process and it typically, um, you typically get a red cross message. So the red cross will actually contact your commander and then your commander will synthesize information and then pass that message down to you. So Technically, it was not in the process in that I got that message directly from Randy. Yeah. Um, they're kind of supposed to, like, go through the Red Cross and go through. And the reason that is because they don't want soldiers getting, like, really bad news and, like, not knowing how to handle it. And, mm-hmm. you know, they just, they just want to prevent, like, any possible, like, bad things from happening. So um, that's kind of I'm like sure the sure that's part. a process, too, though. Like, you didn't have time. Yeah, yeah it is. No, I mean, it's uh, – so I was in more, I was in kind of like a human resources capacity when I was deployed and um, okay. the human resources section, they deal with that side of things. So like when those messages come in from um, home, you know, they have to make sure they, they instantly get that information. There, there's like time windows that they have to get that information to the commander. So that, like you said, like, cause he doesn't have a lot of time here. She doesn't have a lot of time. So right. um, yeah. So, but so Process wise, from that point though, I just basically told my leadership like I just got this message, and it was it was kind of like they had also just gotten the Red Cross message when I got that email. So it was kind of like, I see you know, all, all at the same time sort of a thing. Um, okay. And then yeah, basically it's just a matter of calling the Air Force and you're like, hey, we've got a guy who's got to get out. One's the you know one's the next flight, so you just get get on the manifest, and um, you know that's how that's how it goes. Wow. So when you were in Kuwait for those two days, did you have any like contact with your family or Randy or, I mean, she is your family, but. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. So the, at that point, I think, yeah, I, 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 I a lot of it's kind of, it's kind of a blur to be honest with yeah, you. It's, yeah. Um, it, but I think, yeah, I think if, if I needed to, I could have called or, I, I do remember like emailing at that time too, mm-hmm. but also part of me didn't really want to have a lot of conversations just because I also didn't really like want to know everything until I got there, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it totally does. Yeah. I, I don't think I would yeah. be any different. I mean, yeah, I was just kind of maybe in like a half state of denial of like, I think everything's going to be okay, but I don't really want to know and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. 
So yeah, it's no, your body's really way of like protecting yourself. Essentially, I, I think it really yeah, is. I, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, I think I probably could have used some of that uh, microdosing that you were talking about. <laughs> 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 to uh, pro process everything. Oh my um, gosh! Like, yeah. Wow. Wow. So you get home. You get to the airport. Did you go straight to the hospital? Yeah, we went directly to the hospital, still in uniform. Mm -hmm. um, yep, yep. Wow, that has to feel like such a blur too. It would, I would just think that it would have to, or was it like slow mo? Because yeah. I feel like that happens too. There, there was one moment that's very slow motion, but very like cemented in my mind is when I got out of the car and like my whole family was there, and it was actually like probably the most beautiful day I've ever seen in Minnesota. I'm not even kidding. Like sun was out, uh -huh. like had to be like 70, just like perfect weather. So I almost kind of saw that as like David, just like giving us this like beautiful day. I was you know, just like, about uh, to say that. I was like, if yeah, David yeah. was weather, that would be it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like if, yeah, if you could describe uh, a weather of like how David was, that would be it for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that, that moment. And then, we actually did like kind of like a ceremonial flag raising for David. Um, oh, beautiful. And yeah. And you, you, you remember Matt Height, obviously. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah of course. Um, yeah, he was there and he helped me kind of do, it's kind of, it was kind of like a, in a military fashion, like way raising the flag for David. Um, I just got goosebumps. That's such like a amazing thing. Cause you and Height were, you know, military together for a very like from the beginning right yeah. you guys enlisted from the at the beginning. same time wow yep. yeah, he, and you guys yep, have such a special friendship too wow yep yeah, I actually just talked to him yesterday um, even sometimes I mean you know like time passes people get busy you get in your oh, own oh for sure you don't talk to people for a while but yeah we we actually just started talking a couple of days ago it had been probably like a year um wow yeah I think the last time me and you talked yeah, that must have been almost maybe eight years ago or something like that. Yeah. Um, just crazy. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So I would say though, you know, those couple moments and obviously like being with him at, at, during his last moments, I remember that very clearly, but yeah, a lot of the other kind of in-between stuff, it's all kind of, yeah, it's kind of blurry. Yeah. What was that like when you saw him? Were you just, was it scary? Oh, was it just like, I, I just, I just want to understand because I just, I've never had to experience anything like that. Yeah. Um, and I, I think like you said, from a protection mechanism, I probably don't think about it a lot. Um, but, but like thinking about it, it was, uh, it was really, it was really sad because I knew like, that what I was seeing there wasn't wasn't David, right? You know, David was full of life and full of energy, and like what I was seeing there was not him. And in a way, I kind of knew he was gone already, even though like he was still like alive. Mm -hmm. um, and I could kind of feel that. And um, yeah, so I I I remember I just kind of grabbed, held his hand, and I I. I just broke down crying for yeah. Had to be five like five straight minutes of crying. Yeah, not even kidding. Um, and I just didn't really want to leave his side. And I, mm -hmm. I think I could tell like his uh, girlfriend Sierra, my mom, my dad. They they really just hadn't really moved from the room for days. And um, yeah, you know, we we didn't want to leave him, and I I didn't want to either. So yeah, that's what it was like. Is just kind of knowing the inevitable and um, just having this like sense of loss I've never felt before. And I, mm -hmm. I still don't know how to describe it because it's still kind of with me. Um, of course. Yeah. And it's, it, you, you, you obviously, I mean, I mean, you figure out ways to like get out, you know, get out of life and, you know, live your life and everything, but it's still just a huge part of like, who I am and it, it always will be. Yeah. What's your relationship like with your other brother? So with Mike, uh, yeah, really close growing up. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, I think over time we, we 
we weren't as close just because I just physically wasn't around very much. Yeah, I, I just think, different phases yeah. of your life. Yeah, yeah different phases. Like, you know, he was really close with his high school friends and, you know, just like I was. And mm-hmm. um, I went to, I mean, I deployed to Afghanistan like right after high school. And then I went to right. school in Mankato. And then I went from Mankato to Georgia. So, you know, just that, like, we obviously we're we're still close like he's still my brother like you know there there's no yeah. like maintenance needed by any means right. um but like yeah that. yeah yeah but I, I just i think um you know it would have been nice to be a little, a little closer i think but you know yeah. we both were just in our own lives and all that but yeah anytime we get together it was just just like old times like we would go golfing together and you know do the things that we'd always do um, yeah bro stuff, stuff. <laughs> yeah. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Um, oh, that's awesome. Overall, I mean, really good. Yeah, I mean, my, my, he's my brother, so. Yeah. Has it changed at all? Is he still in Minnesota? He is in Minnesota, yep. He okay. actually lives, he bought a place a couple years ago in Maplewood. It's probably like two miles from my parents' house, so not too far. Oh, great. Um, yeah, he went through like a like a technology program at the U a couple months ago. He just wanted to do like a career change and he's doing he's kind of like doing similar to what I'm doing he's like in technology consulting and he's doing that in uh me where is it Minneapolis well actually why is that a Cargill do you know know Cargill nope (laughs) I don't um well they're only one of the largest companies in the the country but that's okay yeah Um, I'm in cannabis world we're (laughs) just kidding (laughs) that's uh yeah, they probably, well, I, I, I could see them actually maybe dipping into that at some point if it was fully legal. But, um, yeah, so he's doing that. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think that's don't really cool. whatever whatever move or not. But, yeah, he's definitely, you know, pretty, pretty set in. Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk about um, the funeral. I wasn't able to attend because I was here. Um, yep. yep. What was that experience for you as a brother and as a son (laughs) yeah I can't Um, imagine you know a lot of that too is I I remember um well I remember like the wake portion and people I hadn't seen in years came Mm -hmm. to visit and to me it was really just like really appreciated that you know just the fact that people that I didn't talk to maybe 10, 15. I mean, there was like, there was a kid that I was like best friends with in middle school that came and talked to him like 20 years probably. Wow. Um, and just being able to, uh, you know, get the support from them was really helpful. Um, but a lot of it was very much a blur. Like it, it yeah. it's hard to really pinpoint things. Um, I remember walking David out, like, you know, right walking him out after the end of the ceremony and um when we got to the cemetery we did well after after the ceremony at the cemetery we did like a balloon release for him and Uh all these green balloons went up into the sky and there's pictures of it you can see online yeah i see it yeah (laughs) they like form a heart up in the sky it was oh wow it's pretty surreal um well, David so, totally had a part in all of that. <laughs> I, think I think he did. And it, there's another kind of crazy phenomenon that's been happening to me since he passed. Just about every year, somewhere, no matter where I'm at, a bald eagle will, like, swoop by me or, like, hover above me. Really? And, yeah, yeah. And I, I've, I don't know, I've maybe seen, like, one eagle my whole life. But, right? And now they're everywhere. <laughs> yeah, they're, like flying like I'm talking about bald eagles like you don't see yeah, those like, a lot no yeah yeah and they're like I've seen I've had to see at least four or five of them and like right above my head like up there um wow it's past, so it's been I live I for actually, moments like that <laughs> I love I love yeah. doing that yeah like I feel like he's just trying to like reach out you know in some way mm-hmm. that's gotta just put a smile on your face that's awesome it I does. love that it does. Yep. That's really, really special. Talk to me about what you guys have done as far as the texting and driving laws. I know your mom yeah. and or your parents rather um, 
tried to go to Apple and um, talk to them and make a plea with them about their the way that they bait. <laughs> talk to me a little bit about it because I want to understand it fully. Yeah, I don't. So I'm not entirely familiar what they were trying to do with Apple. I okay. think they were just trying to like get that message in front of someone who can make a decision maybe and influence the operating system a little bit more and um, make it a little more safe. And it, and Apple does kind of have, at least they now have, it's like, if you are driving, it'll, it'll shut off those messages. So that, I mean, I I do think that's a a step forward. Absolutely. Um, And legislatively, we basically try to speak at every legislative session in, in, um, St. Paul here, if if they are talking about safe driving and texting and driving, we try to mm-hmm. at least make our voice heard. And um, you know, we've talked to local legislatures or legislators, and just try to get out, get the word out, get out in the community. We've uh, spoke at various events, Department of Transportation events, and um, health and you know health and safety events, things like that. So we're definitely not just giving up and just you know letting david's story kind of go by the wayside um but yeah that's that's what we've been doing there's been some progress it's still a little slow i mean there's just a lot of oh it's always slow but i like love that your parents kind of took the lead on that just to like ruffle feathers to say like hey this is avoidable this didn't have to happen Uh, Um, exactly yep and yep. we need to like make some noise about it so people understand the severity of it yep. for sure. Yep. yep. So, you know, a lot of us have stickers in our car and, um, you know, and just, just to get the message out. And I, I think it has helped. I mean, it, it, it's certainly not where we want to be yet, but it's definitely, you know, it's definitely getting there. Progress. Yeah. Step forward. What, um, what are you guys doing both, outside of your family and then in inside your family um to remember david what are some of the things that you like love yeah so we have two main events a year the first one we do in the summertime is a golf event and we go to white eagle golf course in wisconsin and it's a great event there's like like a hundred people that show up to that and we have uh, like a raffle and, you know, we do a full 18 hole golf and um, they just remodeled the uh, clubhouse there. So it's like this beautiful clubhouse. Um, that to me is probably my favorite event because it's in the summer for one. <laughs> right. Um, and it's, you know, doing something we all love to do uh, as brothers, which is golfing. Um, but that's probably my, my favorite event. And then we also have uh, what's called Dash for David and it's a 5k and that's in December, and it's kind of like a uh, Dash for David run slash Christmas party. So we have, like, our whole family Christmas party that same day. Oh, that's um, really special. Yeah, yeah, it's really fun. Yeah, so even though it's, like, really cold, when you start running after the, like, lap two, you start to kind of, like, warm yeah. up. And, like, who yeah. cares? This is what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And then then we'll go down and like, you know, find like a local like bar or something and just like hang out there for a couple hours, have some lunch. And then we all go to a hotel in Woodbury and the whole family goes there. And yeah, it's just like a whole day of that. Um, so those are kind of the two main things we do to honor David and get together as a family, remember him. And yeah, I mean, obviously it's just telling stories about him and just keeping him alive, like in our own family. And like, I even tell, Eve, my, my daughter Eve, about yeah. David. I try to say, hey, this is Uncle David, and show him, you know, show her his picture, and you know, yeah. just tell her about him, and she, and she knows, she knows who he is. So, that's, I love that's that. Cool. Yeah, I love that. What? Um, I know it's not going to be one thing or one particular thing, but um, what do you miss most about um, David not being being around? I think what I miss most about him is him making me laugh. <laughs> yeah. Um, he just was so like fearless. Like I, I, I've always been like more just kind of cautious in general in life, and, and David was just, just no fear. <laughs> so um, he was the baby. Fun. I feel like the youngest <laughs> one is like that. Yeah. yeah. So just like hearing his stories about him and his friends, and like he came down to visit us when we were in Georgia. 
now before I deployed. And oh, great. yeah, there was this moment where he was pretty pissed off at me. I, uh, he, he was eating a sandwich and he put like half a sandwich in the fridge. And I just have this thing. I don't like, like old food, just like sitting out and like, <laughs> I, I will just, <laughs> I will like clear stuff out of the fridge. I'll throw stuff away. And it's just like, just have it. Oh, you're <laughs> still neurotic after all these years. I love it. <laughs> yep. I like I threw away a sandwich and he's and like I hear from like down the hallway he's like where's my sandwich I'm like oh shit <laughs> so like, he was like so mad and it was like in a funny way you know and yeah so I was like all right like let's go well I'll go get you a new sandwich so then I like you know I took him to get a new sandwich and there's just like just like this little moment that I remember um that was like one of our last times together and um yeah. you know just like spending time together and that's really what I miss is just spending time with him Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Just um, how have your parents been? How has that changed the dynamic of your immediate family between your parents and your brothers? You know, I think like part of it is part of it has made us like closer in a way to just like share in this like terrible thing that we can kind of come together and try to support each other with it yeah um you know and I, I think at least like for the first few years so my mom is very much like you know during the holidays like everything is decked out all the decorations yeah. you know, oh like, i remember <laughs> yeah 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 yep like just like cookies galore and just like you know she just makes the holidays like a lot of fun um, no, you guys are like an all-American family. Like you always <laughs> have been. Me and Laura were talking about this when she was here a few months ago. Yeah. Oh, and really? we were really? just like, yeah. I was like, how is Riggs and like all that stuff? Yeah. And uh, we just, yeah. we love your family. And we always speak of them. So oh, like yeah, every time we're together, they come up because I yeah. just love your family so much. <laughs> and it, it's, it's so funny you say that because they love you guys. Like they, they, they also <laughs> talk about like Cal and Laura and like that, our whole group there. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So that that's awesome. That that's cool. You guys still hang out. Um, yeah. So those first few years, I think it wasn't quite the same. You know, like sure. that. Like it was. Just, I just think it was really hard for my mom to try and like really like get into like Christmas and everything like we used to. Because it's just well, her heart was like a, like broken. I mean, essentially. Completely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there were days I would go over there and you know she she wouldn't get out of bed and sure. I totally know what that's like um yeah but I you know I think like tragedy can definitely send people in crazy directions and you know can sometimes break up families and everything else sure. and, um but overall I mean I I just think my parents are doing very well with what they have to deal with mm-hmm. um and they still like try to like make things fun and like you know make things fun for my daughter on the holidays and just really. I was gonna to... say, I wonder if that's like that had to have like helped your mom and your dad tremendously having her. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, she just brought so much like happiness into kind of like a unhappy period of our lives. Sure. Um, and uh, yeah, it's been really like helpful I think for just having having Eve in our life and um being able to like do those things again and you know still obviously we remember David and it's still always going to be sad um but yeah it's, it's kind of brought brought some more life back to to that you know babies have a way of doing that don't they <laughs> <laughs> yep oh yep. gosh they sure do that's so crazy what um what do you want people to remember most about your brother? I think I think I just want people to remember like how good of a person he was, like at his core. Mm-hmm. And how much like just like love and like energy he gave to other people and um just the just the life he he had and the life he brought to others and just to you know i don't want people to just be sad all the time or you know feel bad about 
themselves, but it's just, you know, if you're, if you're doing something that could possibly take a life away from someone else, you know, due to your own actions that is preventable, you know, something like texting and driving or, you know, just grossly distracted driving, things like that, you know, just remember like you could be taking a life away from someone like that, like someone who definitely does not deserve it. Um, so, you know, kind of, kind of in that light, but also just, you know, to remember David, um, you know, I just want people aside to from this. Yeah. 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 He's not this, this thing that happened to him. By any exactly. Means. exactly. Yeah. And he's still alive with us, I think. Um, and still For communicating sure. with us and where, wherever he's at right now. I know he's, he's doing the same things he was doing here. Yeah. I, when you mentioned about the Eagle and stuff, uh, have, uh, has anyone else in your family had any like situations like that? that you're um, yeah. Um, we've all had like different ones. So if you, if you go to my, my parents' house, they have like a, like a glass door that you open and then the main door, right? Mm-hmm. So the, the glass door, you know, this was like a month ago his name was actually like on the door. Like it said, David Riggs or said DJR or something like that. No um, way. Yeah. On the door, like in, it's really hard to describe. If you were to like, you know, kind of um, fog up a door and then like. Yeah. It's like, them. right. Yeah. 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 It was like that, but it was like text, like actual like text. Um, we, so we have these bracelets for David and it was, it was almost like that same um, font um, in, in that font, like as the bracelet. And it was like, I, I don't know how you explain that. <laughs> like, right? like impossible to just replicate that. So that was on the door for like two days and then it was just gone the, the next day. Wow. Yeah. Who noticed that? Your mom? My mom. Yep. Oh, that's She's special. Even, uh, more of a neurotic cleaner than I am, so she knows <laughs> that. Like, two seconds. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are so funny. Oh my gosh. You had so uh, many good times at your good. house growing up. Oh my gosh. Oh no. That dog yeah. that wore diapers. Your dog. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> the dog. Yeah, yeah. That that was embarrassing, right? I do. I remember that dog so much. Oh my god, that's so yep, funny. Uh, that was Benji. He's a special. Yeah, one. Benji. That was his name. Oh my gosh. Oh. So funny to hear about that. Of course, I remember that. That was like, that was that was awesome. <laughs> that's and so ever funny. since, they keep getting dogs that are just like, oh my god, very special, special really? dogs. You don't seem impressed. Oh. No, there's there's one in particular who drives me crazy. Uh oh, that's so funny. Gosh, how's your dad been? We talk a lot about your mom, and I can empathize just because I'm a mom. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I want to hear from a male perspective, um, from you and and I guess how you feel your dad's handled everything. What's that been like? I mean, I feel like my dad is just always been like the linchpin of like the family of just like really keeping things like I don't know normal I guess <laughs> um well he's been and, the calm I think right Sorry. yeah calm yeah exactly um never he's never like the the yelling type of person or just like going over the top about things and um yeah, yeah I mean I, I think I think he also is doing well um yeah, I, I mean, I've I had seen have seen him like cry more than I had in my whole life over the last you know six years. I could say that. Um, yeah. I could definitely tell it really affected him. Um, but yeah, he still just is. I don't know. I think he he tr- he tries to be strong for the family, and I think he uh, he really has been. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that's like a great. He's a good partner. But... Yeah. No, he's a good partner to your mom. I was just curious um, to see how, how that's been, but it just sounds like he's ever steady. Like, you know, you know and just, and just keeping everybody together. <laughs> yeah, and just yeah making pretty much. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, he's definitely been there for my mom and um, yeah, they're, they're, they're really good together. Yeah. Yeah. 
I always thought that even as a kid. <laughs> like, I remember that. I was like, they're just a cool family. And that's one of the other things that uh, Laura and I were talking about, too. Yeah, really yeah. We, we all have to uh, to get together, I think. I know. Yeah. I know. I need to come up so bad. So, so bad. Sure. There's Gosh. not a whole lot of incentive to come up to uh, Minnesota. So, I'll like, come in the that. summer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So it's been really great uh, with this podcast too, just kind of like reconnecting with everyone um, through different oh, yeah. phases of my life and just seeing, um, you know, what everybody's been going through. It's been really, really insightful and really, really good for me selfishly, I guess, just to kind of yeah. understand when I haven't, because you, you um, deployed, like you said, right after high school. Well, I moved like yeah. two weeks after high school. I mean, so it was just like, we both kind of like left and went and lived our lives, you know, separate from a lot of the people that we grew up with. Um, exactly. Right, right from the jump off of graduation. So it's yep. been really did you, interesting. Did you move to Texas right away? No, I moved to Philly first and I lived there for about 11 months. And then I moved back to Michigan to like my roots. Um, kind of do okay, some soul okay. searching and reconnecting <laughs> yeah and I started college there um lived there for about a year and then I moved to Texas so I've li- actually lived in Texas longer than I've lived anywhere else now so that's yeah. pretty so crazy you started college in Michigan did you finish in Texas then? yeah I finished in Texas mm-hmm. okay so and then yeah, I you met definitely had a, had a little jury there too yeah, yeah. And I met um, my husband Simon, you know, shortly after I moved to Texas and yeah, we've been together ever since. So I mean, I, I don't think I've ever met Simon, but he just seems like an awesome guy. He's so wonderful. Yeah, he's so so wonderful. He's he's perfect for me. He can handle my crazy. <laughs> so I guess he's my calm. So that, that's what you need, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and handle the crazy parts. Yes. Yes. Well, since we talked, like we kind of mentioned this off air a little bit, um, you've gotten married, you've had your daughter, um, since all of this, how soon after did you have your daughter after your brother passed? Yeah. So, and, and it's kind of funny because like in a way it seems like that was kind of a, kind of a gift too. Um, maybe David had a hand in, in you know, that happening. Tell me about it. Yeah. We, we weren't really happy and having kids at that time mm-hmm. um we were eventually but it just wasn't where we were like we weren't trying to have kids um but it, yeah. Yeah, it was two years two years after pretty much from from when it happened okay yeah. wow. wow and it's funny because you said that um you know the first couple christmases and stuff afterwards were really tough but then that your baby comes along and changes things again Yep. Yeah. I <laughs> love that. Changes the whole the whole plan, and actually, it's a, it's a much better plan now, I think, than than it was. So. Oh, that's beautiful. I like that. I like that yeah. a lot. Wow. Oh my gosh. What else? I'm trying to think of if we've missed anything. I just really wanted to understand because um, a loss of a sibling is something that like you don't ever really anticipate it. You know, it's going to happen. Um. Yeah. But, well, it's like when it's your youngest brother, you never expect it, right? Because you're older. So it's like. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I mean, obviously, not, you know, nowadays you, you never know. But um, yeah, I mean, really, I think if you just want to put like a, a full picture on it, what, what I've really been going through since 2013 when that happened is just transition. I, you know, mm-hmm. I'm dealing with that, moving to Minnesota trying to figure out where I fit in like outside of the military um we, we've like physically moved like we lived in Lakeville and we lived in Minnetonka then we moved to uh Rochester and now Randy's like you know where are we staying in Minnesota or what are we doing with our lives and like just trying yeah. to figure out and um so yeah a lot of transition a lot of change and I mean a lot of good changes too um but it's still like kind of kind of stressful sometimes sure <laughs> then, what's what's the hardest part of of all the transition you think you know I think just uh trying to trying to get your like your footing a little bit um like in the, in the military it's kind of nice in a way because you don't have to worry about 
what your job is, where you live, where your next paycheck's coming from, healthcare. Like, you don't have to worry about any of that. It's all set up yeah. for you. It's a um, different set of stressors, for sure. Yeah, I mean, for obviously, years. there's other things to stress out about. I mean, you know, it's not always easy being in the Army by any means, um, but at least, like, some of those things are kind of taken care of. So, like, having to come back to, like, quote-unquote civilian world and trying to you have to now figure out all those things and also find a job and all that stuff. And Randy trying to get a new job. And, um, you know, it was hard for her. She really liked Savannah. She did. She really didn't want to move. Honestly, that was kind of a, uh, a stressor in our relationship because she sure. had like friends there and she had a job there and she had no like intention of like ever moving back to Minnesota. I don't think, mm-hmm. um, but you know, I think what's important is like you just try to do things like together and support each other. And like she's definitely done that for me. Um, awesome. So, yeah, I mean, team. It has been all like rosy and political exciting means, but like, oh, it say, never is. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would say, uh, yeah, yeah. I'd say overall, though, you know, things are things are going well. Yeah, if you were to tell me that everything was wonderful, I would hang up on you right now. <laughs> I would. I knew you yeah. would be lying. Yeah, maybe <laughs> I, I don't want to do this interview, actually. <laughs> and goodbye. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it's hard. Like, life is a funny way of just throwing you off course. Absolutely. Yeah. It really does. And that transition is really hard. Um, and what you, like you said, you were in a war zone coming into more yeah. loss like devastating, yeah. heartbreaking loss yep. and then yep. thrown back into just work and not knowing what, did you, um, yep. I don't know if this is too forward or anything. Did you go through therapy and stuff post? Actually, no. Um, I, mean, I, just, okay. I was just thinking about that lately of like, you know, maybe I should just talk to somebody just to, you know, see if that would be helpful in any way. But no, I, yeah. I really haven't, to be honest yeah. with you. Just continued on. Yeah. Is that like the, is that military training kind of <laughs> in a way of you just have to have to keep going? Like, well, yeah, I mean, they definitely, you know, they definitely instill like a sense of, uh, yeah, just like folks on a mission, go to the next mission, mm-hmm. uh, resiliency. But I, I actually, the army has really put a lot of emphasis on, um, getting help if you, if you need it. And even if you don't think you need it, like you, they, they do provide a lot of resources. Oh, I guess I for just, sure. Yeah. 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 They really do like more than they had in the last like 20 years. Like the army's changed a lot. Um, but yeah, no, I just, I just, I was just curious. Cause how old were you when you enlisted? Like, were you sick? Were we 16? I was 17. When I, when I 17. Joined. Yeah. So that's like a majority of your life with that way of thinking of, you know, do your job yeah. and, and all that. So I can, I can see where that would just like transition yeah. over as like a natural thing. I think yeah, that I makes sense. It, it, it kind of drives you really crazy sometimes. Cause like, I'll just be really nonchalant about some things. Like she, she actually thought about joining the air force um, herself. And your wife. Okay. Yeah, recently. So she's in CRNA school right now. And obviously, when you come out of a three and a half year doctorate program, there's a significant level of student debt associated with that. <laughs> so, sure. Uh, yeah, so she thought about maybe Air Force Reserves. And uh, but she was kind of worried about because you have to um, get some training for like 30 days um, mm. to get like deploy training and all that stuff. And I was like, oh, that's nothing. Like, I was gone for like nine months. Right. <laughs> She's like, yeah, Matt, but you have like your mindset is completely different than like most people. So I'm like, what? I'm like, what are you talking about? It's like, it's 30 days, like it's nothing, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's it's just my perspective because uh, I I was around people that would deploy like every other year for like a year, you know. Um, so yeah. constant yeah, just state some, of like flux. Yeah. Yep. Wow, that's just interesting because I would think that that would be a really hard, you know, ha- not, it's not habits. That's the right, that's not the right word or term for yeah. it. Yeah. It's just kind of the way that you've managed to like, keep going. <laughs> you know, I, I, yeah. I'm at a loss for words, but it makes, it makes sense that that's why yeah. you continue down yeah. with you. From the military perspective, like people that that's their career and they know that that's just part of their job and what they have to do. It's like, I mean, you couldn't really survive mentally if you didn't, have some sort of like 
normalcy situated around it, you know. Sure. Uh, it's still difficult, especially when you have family and kids, and you know, not seeing your kids for nine months is never easy. I don't think. Yeah. Um, I think you have to be in some kind of a, I don't know, like a, you have to get in kind of a, a a mode or like a zone, like when you're when you're on those missions to just kind of get through it, you know. Yeah, a different mindset for sure. You would have yeah. to. I I completely yeah. agree with that. Is the transition back home easy or is it difficult? Uh, incredibly difficult. <laughs> Not yeah. easy. Um, I think it, it, there are things that can make it easier. Um, there's a lot of transition resources out there and things like that. I think it was tough about how But is I that realistic? Because I feel like you're so ready to just be back home. You don't want to even have to like think about that. But I yep. think it's so overwhelming because everyone's so excited to see you and you just like need a minute. <laughs> like that's the way I would feel. For sure. Yeah. Um, I think what's, what's kind of interesting too is like, like when we move back and we're still kind of like dealing with it somewhat. It's like everyone is very like in their life routine and you're mm -hmm. just like coming in from the outside in like trying to figure out what your life routine is. But when that ends up happening is you just sort of like, go along with your family's life routine you're always doing like you know their events when they do things and you know mm -hmm. and like i don't think they see from their perspective of like oh well what's the problem with this but it's like well we haven't like established what our life routine as with our family right so yeah um there, there's a little bit of like tension there of like okay where do i fit in and all this because like most of like my family a lot of you know some of my friends locally who have never moved it's like that's just like their life and everything. And, right. um, but there's like a part of you that you're not sure if that's like your life. Does that make any yeah, sense? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of things too. I know for me, um, you kind of outgrow people isn't the right, isn't the right term because you love those people and they're definitely a part of you, but how they fit into your everyday life. Yeah. Uh, that's I feel like that's part of like your 30s of just trying to figure all that stuff out so that it makes yeah. sense um I don't yeah it's really really difficult and it's hard yeah, I guess so that, some you know, of the, Adam and it's like we're the only ones with a baby and it's like you yeah. know they're like oh hey come, you know come out to the the bars with us and it's like well we have You're a baby like, now so my life like, doesn't work like that yeah it makes things a little different and it's like um but you know it, it, it's yeah, all and that I mean, transition just, right things changing and um but yeah I think what made it kind of tough was you know basically just I, I mean I, I literally just came home right so I just like right. I came home and I thought hey I'm just gonna find this great job right away and it's not realistic you there's just there's there's other avenues I think and if I were to do it all over again I probably would have done it a little differently but you know that's like anything else would in hindsight um, right yeah but yeah I mean it, it ended up turning out fine it was just you know that first few years yeah, it was, it was a little bit of a challenge, I would say. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, that transition. Holy cow. It's yep. just, it's wild. It's really, so What really about wild. you guys? You think uh, Texas is kind of the, the, the home for? Yeah, it's our home base. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, we love Dallas. We lived in a smaller town um, where we actually met and got married and stuff. Um, and I hated it. I I still yeah, hate it. Like yeah. I think about it and I just get angry. <laughs> I'm just like it's just not for me. My depression was horrible. I just it wasn't where I wanted to live. It wasn't what I saw for myself type thing. Yeah, um, I get that. And then yeah, and then when we moved to to Dallas, it was like wow, this is something we're actually doing on our own. And my brother was here already. Um, he had moved about two or three years before we did to Dallas. Um, That's Charlie, right? Yeah, yeah. So Charlie's here. And so that was like, okay, you know how close he and I were growing up. Um, it was just, it just made sense. Him and um, Simon are very close. So it just made sense for us to come down here. When my husband got the job, um, it just changed our life. And honestly, it's been on the path that we wanted it to be. Not, And that doesn't come without hiccups, of course. But yeah. Um, yeah. we're where we're supposed to be. And 
to what you were saying um, earlier about, you know, where do we fit in with all these different people and things like that. I, we had really, really good advice given to us when we first got married and it was to make our own traditions and to like make our own family. And we've really just stuck by that, you know, but it's, it's hard to navigate. It is because, you know, especially like my family, they do every big holiday together and they always like, you know, it's like always at my parents' house and it's always, you know, so mm-hmm. when, when you try to do like your own thing, that means like you almost can't do their thing, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's kinda, yeah, but no, I think, I think we're, we're going to start putting more like effort and emphasis on like, okay, we need to like have our own traditions too. I mean, it's not, it's not saying that you can't, you know, have traditions with your, yeah, with your daughter, it just changes but, it a little bit. Yeah, I think it's just, I think it, especially as Eve gets older and if we, you know, have another kid and um, mm-hmm. I think, I think that's important. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really good advice and we do that too. And, you know, my family's grown. I now have um, stepbrothers that, you know, I never had growing up. I, and so we've got their fa- family dynamic. Um, my parents mm-hmm. just moved to Texas. I'm like 15 minutes from my mom now, which I haven't had since Simon and I oh, got married. Yeah. Oh, cool. yeah. 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 So my mom's in Texas with my stepdad. They're here. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so that's changing too. You know, it's like, okay, we have had our whole marriage, just me and Simon. <laughs> and oh, oh, every oh. holiday we were just, yeah. we were traveling and stuff, but now everybody's here and it's just, yeah. Well, that's wild. Well, um, do you want to take a break real quick and then we can come back and do our 10 questions and get to know you a little bit more and where you're at right now. That sounds like a plan. Okay. We'll be right back. So we're going to go through the top 10 questions um, from James Lipton. He is the host of inside the actor studio. um, And he asks celebrities these questions whenever they're interviewed and they're my favorite questions of all time. So I wanted to go ahead and ask you, are you up for it? All right. I'm up for it. All right. What is your favorite word? <laughs> My favorite word? Yeah. Absolutely. It's probably I say that word all the time. What is it? I, I probably like absolutely. I, I seem to say that a lot. I feel like you even said that like when we were kids. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. What's your least favorite word? That's a really, it's kind of a gross word. <laughs> Should I say it? <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, I, I do not, and Randy says it because he's in medical a lot, but the word pus, I do not like that word. Oh, yeah, that's a gross one. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> what, um, what turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Probably being up in the mountains. Yeah. Being hiking, things like that. Just being outside in nature. Feel connected. Yep. Yep. Good way to see a bald eagle. <laughs> there you go. Yep. <laughs> what turns you off? What turns me off? Um, cubicles. Yes, that's such a good answer. <laughs> oh my gosh, no one's had that answer. I hate cubicles. What do you attribute that to? Being in one for about six months and then realizing I hated it. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I think it's just part of, um, I just like to be like at least free in some capacity. So mm-hmm. to me, a cubicle just feels like very anti being free. Um, yeah. So that's why I'm working from home right now. So my cubicle is my home office and I definitely prefer that. Is it challenging to work from home for you or do you enjoy it? Um, part of it is because I mean, at least in Rochester, it's it's a little isolating just because you don't get to like, I don't know. I, I think at first it was a little challenging, but I, I like the routine now and I can like focus on my work a lot easier. There's not a lot of distractions, yeah. um, but it, it's, it's nice to like actually see people at work too. So that part's kind of challenging, but I'll just try to get out a little bit, get out of the house and, you know, have adult conversations, um, yeah. you know, maybe at lunch or something like that. No, that's, that's for sure. I have to do that too. <laughs> like yep, I, have, yep. I get so you, caught up in my own world. Too? Yeah. It's just hard to not like turn it off. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. Yep. Um, what is your favorite curse word? Favorite curse word. 
Yeah, probably the classic. Fox probably my favorite. <laughs> yeah. You never really swear that much. You never have. No, I, I don't really swear that much, but if if I were, I'd be like, oh, fuck, you know? Yeah, that's it's probably one of those. The one I would, yeah. That's funny. What sound or noise do you love? I like the sound of grass being cut. Really? Yeah. Reminds me of like summertime. Interesting. What sound or noise do you hate? I mean, it's so like, you know, everyone hates the, like a screeching sound, like the, you know, mm-hmm. chalkboard screeching sound. Um, yeah. So that, that probably would be one of them. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? If I could attempt it, I think I'd like to. That's so funny that you said that, Matt. Like, it's crazy because I was talking to my mom last night and mm-hmm. I was telling her that we we're going to connect today and, and stuff. And she asked me, she's like, does he still write? And I was like, she remembers that because I would always talk about how good <laughs> yeah. of a writer you were. Cause you used to do that. Did you do that in the army? Did it start around that time? Well, to- actually I think my writing started in like third grade. Um, yeah. I wrote a lot of stories and I took creative, uh, creative writing in college. Um, I met, I, I, my major is in journalism, um, okay. and I ended up doing that in the army too, like public affairs journalism. But that's kind of more—I don't know—the journalism writing to me wasn't as fun. I guess it was just sort yeah. of like I felt like it's just like a reporting on things. Um, sure. So I'm trying to like figure that out. Like I just know like writing is a big part of like you know who I am and stuff, and I'm just trying mm-hmm. to figure out in what way I can kind of get back to doing that again. That's awesome. It's healing, I think. I, yeah. that's my therapy for sure. Yeah, no, for sure. And I fought it for a long time. <laughs> so like, yeah. like thought writing or what? Um, just, yeah. Like I just, I wouldn't put the time into it or, you know, people would be like, yeah. Oh, you're really good at that. You should do that more often. And I'd be like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Like whatever. Yeah. No, I, I, I know what you're, you're saying actually. Yeah. Yeah. But then when I like spend time doing it and honestly, I have to schedule time to do it most times. Um, I love it. You know, I love it. It gets me so excited and it's just that creativity that I need. Yeah. There was a guy deployed with, he's written like five kids books, like like teen fiction books published. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. You can look him up. His name's Trent Reedy. That's cool. I'm going to have to do that. That's really cool. It's funny that he's an author and that's his last name. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's awesome. If you want Amazon, I think like all those books here on there. That's really cool. What kind of books would you want to write? I don't know. See, that's I don't know what I would write. I don't. I don't think it'd be like youth fiction, like what he writes. Um, Yeah. I used to like really like like horror when I was a kid. Okay. Um, But I don't know if I would like write that. I I don't know. Honestly, I don't know what it would be. I I could see some sort of like adult fiction, um, Mm -hmm. like. uh, I don't know, some kind of like thriller type book or. Um, oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah, but I, I, yeah, I don't know. I gotta, I gotta figure that out though. <laughs> Sit with that idea for a little bit. Yeah, oh, that's really yeah. cool. Well, I hope that you get to do that again. Um, what profession would you not like to do? You know, I'm just not like. I, I wouldn't be like a. Uh, general construction contractor <laughs> just just not yeah. uh not something i like get excited about or i don't know that's probably one thing i, I wouldn't do even though that's like an awesome job for you know definitely need those people but yeah um, not my skill set yeah not your wheelhouse yeah i gotcha okay and then this is the last question before we finish up um and I'm very curious. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Mm, that's a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, uh, 
posted I'm like, hey, Matt, uh, you know, David's been waiting. He's really excited to see you. Um, hmm. Something like that. Yeah. Maybe he'll have a sandwich. <laughs> yeah, he's got an extra sandwich for this time. Oh, I love that. I love that. Thank you so much for um, spending some time with me today and for sharing about David and what what happened um, to him, to your family, and, and to you. Uh, I can't imagine. Um, yes. Like you said, you know, I you never think that you're going to have to deal with something like that. Yep. And the fact that you have, and I've been so stoic and, and uh, really graceful in sharing that. I really, really appreciate it. And I think that anybody else who um, has had to go through something similar uh, will really relate. And for those who, who haven't, um, man, all the empathy in the world to you and to your family and hug your mom for me, hug your dad for me. <laughs> They've raised great boys oh. and um, I'm really, really happy. Yeah, no, it was great talking to you. Thanks. All right, we'll talk soon. Thanks, Matt. Yep. Yep. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe. For more content, follow along at havetheconvo.podcast on Instagram or email me at havetheconvo at gmail.com to share your story. Till next time. Thank you.